I'm pretty sure I had like bronchitis the first half of the tour. Cause I would come off stage and have the worst cough. I couldn't breathe. I was like a mess. And then they made me take like medicine. And then the show after I took the medicine, my voice was so like boring. I was like, Oh, this sucks. I miss my raspy voice. <laughs> the OHP uncut podcast with Canon. How's your day going? Good. It just started. Oh yeah. Nothing. You're on the West coast. Yeah. I mean, it's still 11 and it just started, but whatever. That's it's how fun. days are supposed to start. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you in your uh, living room? I'm in my room. Just, yeah, there's a bunch of people in my house. So I'm just in my room. Is it really dirty or can we look? Um, it's clean. It's just, my bed's not made, but it's pretty clean. It is pretty clean. Well, by my standards, it's very clean. I always ask that, and I know it's like, oh, God, is that a creepy thing to ask? But I know, like, the audience is going, I want to see you around. Like, and I, and I'm okay, like, okay. I'll, be, I'll be just creepy enough and ask that. Well, I do have a little mess over there because I was doing my hair last night. But that's it. And my dog is over there. I don't know if you could see her. She's behind the show. Oh, I do see him under the step. But there's no food laying around. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Not really. We're good. I dated a girl, Dixie, I swear to God. And the reason I broke up with her is because she would eat pizza in bed. Laying in pizza crumbs is... (laughs) That's probably my least favorite thing, like crumbs in the bed. I will eat food in my room on the floor, (laughs) but I won't take it into bed. That's where I draw the line. (laughs) Congratulations on your song blowing up. Um... It's been an interesting journey for you because you had two EPs and you scrapped them. You were like, (laughs) that doesn't happen. People hear that and they go, oh, she scrapped two EPs. But like in the music business, that doesn't happen because record companies get like, a lot of people tend to go, are you effing kidding me? And you didn't (laughs) care. And I love that. Why did you do that? Well, I feel like my label and I were on the same page of like, we want this to be the best it can be. And we didn't hear that. Um, I feel my album probably still wouldn't have been out if I didn't go on tour this summer. I think we probably still would have been, it would, it would have been a longer process. It probably would have been very similar, but it just would have taken a lot longer. Um, but yeah, I'm very lucky to have the people around me who like kind of trusted me and were okay with me starting over. But, um, with LA, like when I bring him a plan, when I bring him a plan, um, he was always like, I mean, if you're going to do it, then do it. So he was very trusting, which I really appreciate that. What did you say to them? Were you like, hey, guys, listen, I'm thinking like this just isn't going to do it. I mean, we would finish and then listen to it and then come back and like we would all just kind of look at each other like this isn't it. And then I recorded someone to blame um, randomly and played it for LA and he was like okay this is what we're starting with you need to start over and this is the like baseline this is where you need to go everything needs to be like this and I was like okay and I was super excited I loved like the whole process of writing and being in the studio um at the end it did get a little repetitive and I was like oh my gosh I hate recording I that was probably my least favorite thing of all of this was just like recording ad-libs and backgrounds and going back and finishing the same song I was like okay I just want to perform it I'm done hearing it in these headphones but it's like acting it's like how many 
takes do I have to do? It just feels like rehearsal and practice. And I'm like, I want to, I want game time, you know? Can I ask you some Twitter questions? Cause there are uh, about 3 million of them. <laughs> I'm trying to, we only have a few minutes. So I'm kind of trying to boil it down to the essence, but a lot of people want to hear your take on the MSG show and, and how that felt, what that experience was like for you, because that had to be one of the most emotional things you've ever been through. That was probably one of the craziest experiences ever. And I try, I mean, with tour, everything kind of blends together, but I really try hard to remember that moment. And like every second of it, I was just so nervous, but also so excited and everyone like putting their lights up. I'm like, oh my gosh, people are putting their lights up for me. (laughs) What a magical moment that was. When you're nervous, how does that manifest itself? Because it's pretty easy to tell that I'm nervous. Do you have little tricks, you know, to kind of like make it, seem like you're not or do you have something maybe you think about to make you not nervous in that moment I try to not think when I'm nervous because I get um like I get super shaky and that's not the thing you want when you're like on stage <laughs> so I when I'm nervous like my voice gets shaky and I'm shaky my can feel my heart beating there was times where I was like touching my chest when I was on stage to try to like breathe and slow my heart rate down because I was so nervous um but by the end of the tour, it kind of, um, I got used to it and it got a lot easier. What's the craziest thing you've seen? I, I imagine you can see the audience when you're on stage. I've been on a few stages. The, the lights are bright. You can't see everything, mm-hmm. but you can make out some things happening in the crowd. What's one of the craziest things you've noticed on stage watching people in a crowd? Okay. Well, this isn't like the craziest thing, but over the tour, every time I go on Twitter, I, um, would see a lot of comments about my guitarist and people thought he was really cute. So at the Madison Square Garden show, uh, this is on my YouTube channel. Um, this girl like held up a sign saying like, Dixie, your guitarist is really cute. And my guitarist and drummer both wear glasses and they aren't wearing them on stage. So I would be on stage laughing and no one knew what I was laughing at, but it was like this girl with the sign. I'm like, that's so funny. And I would go backstage. I was like, do you guys see that? And they're like, no, we can't see <laughs> Yo, props for shooting your shot, though. I love that. I love the ball. There were so, so many people like that brought signs for him, and he was—he just thought it was funny. But I was like the only one who could see it, so I'd be laughing at it on my own, and probably. Like, so what's his deal? Does he have a girlfriend? Who is he then? Let's uh, let's expose him. I don't know, um, but yeah, he did the, my tour for Jingle Ball and the, both Jingle Ball and. Um, the big time rush tour my drummer as well and I love them so much my whole team was so great it made the whole experience like so much fun and like going to the next location was fun the sprinter vans and it was a great time I love this question from uh Mimia she said what's something you think you improved on during the tour and I like that question a lot because I'm sure there were you know you would get off stage and replay the night in your mind and think about things you could have done better what do you think you improved on while you're out I think my talking, which is probably the weirdest thing, but I refuse to practice talking in rehearsals because I hate it so much. I hate talking like that. Like, What do you mean? Like talking one-on-one with the audience? Yeah. Being like, Hey, it's Dixie. Like that, that probably makes me the most nervous, like in between songs where I have to say something. I was like, let's make it as short as possible. I do not want to open my mouth. Like I am not good, especially with Jingle Ball. I 
that was probably when you could tell I was the most shaky. I was so nervous to talk. Um, this tour, I wasn't shaky at all. I kept adding things each show. And that was probably my biggest glow up, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Was there one date that stood out to you as like the, okay, that was the best show I've ever done in my life? I don't, again, they all kind of blend in together. There was one day where I was like sick and I really liked how my voice sounded. So I don't think I'll ever have a little extra smokiness. (laughs) I was, I'm pretty sure I had like bronchitis first half of the tour because I would come off stage and have the worst cough. I couldn't breathe. I was like a mess. And then it made me take like medicine. And then the show after I took the medicine, my voice was so like boring. I was like, oh, this sucks. I miss my raspy voice. (laughs) (laughs) So that was probably my worst show when I started feeling better. After that, I kind of got it back a little bit, but Tell me about the interlude song on the album. A couple questions came in about that. And I know that your grandma is on that song. What's the story behind that? Growing up, we were trying to figure out my family who discovered that song, but everyone like, took credit, so we have no clue. Um, but it was kind of, for all the grandkids on my dad's side of the family, it kind of matched just all in some way and it was funny because it's like rosemary's granddaughter my mom my grandmother's name is rosemary and i just really thought it was a cool thing to put in the middle and then my team actually surprised me with my grandma's voice in it they're like give me your mom they got they my producer got um, my mom's number he's like i need to tell your mom something and then two days later i hear my grandma on a song I'm like how did you get in touch with my grandmother <laughs> Um, so it was really funny, but really sweet. And, um, I'm really happy that that was on the album, but I I got a lot of comments that were like, um, how are you going to have an interlude? You didn't write. I was like, no, that's the point of it. It's a song. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the one thing I was like, okay, but it was cute. I enjoyed it. So you wrote someone to blame and, and everything, I guess, sort of sprouted from that and 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 formed around uh that base where was your mind when you wrote that song and and how did the rest of the album sort of fall into place around that song a lot of the album is just kind of not knowing what i'm doing and not knowing if i'm making the right choices in life i'm 20 i have no clue what my next step is or where i am and then realizing that no one else knows what they're doing as well i feel like that's the biggest truth throughout the whole album is I'm young and sure. I don't know what I'm doing, but no one really knows what they're doing. Absolutely not. That was one of the things I learned growing up that I think was the most surprising to me. I always thought adults had it all together. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) And it does not get easier. What about, I was going to ask you about your clothing line with your uh, sister. Are you going to continue doing that next year? Oh yeah. Um, We are, I think we have everything to like December already designed and ready. So we're, (laughs) we're prepared for a while. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for your time. Dixie, I really do appreciate you. Thank you. So nice talking. My daughter says she wants to say hi. Say hi. Oh, hey. (laughs) Are you hiding? (laughs) Who I interview until you came along. She's like, can I hide down here and listen? Wait, that's so cute. Nice meeting you. The OHP Uncut Podcast with Canon.